Good day, everyone. I'm so glad to be sharing another episode with you all. We have the pleasure of having Tanya Harris on today, and she has discovered her love for cooking while she was working full-time as an attorney at the Public Defender's Office. Her love for cooking and her desire to share her recipes with the world inspired her to start her food blog called My Forking Life. Tanya's blog now reaches more than 200,000 readers per month and has recently become her full-time business. Tanya's goals are, you know, continuing to inspire and help home cooks create easy, quick, and flavorful meals. And, you know, while you're listening to this episode, you will actually, um, you may actually be able to hear the rain. Um, And it wasn't intentional, but it's, you know, kind of soothing throughout the episode. But I hope you enjoy, you know, the information that's shared and get some takeaways. She gives actionable items and, you know, lots of encouraging words to each of us. So tune in. All right. So thank you, Tanya, for being on the show today. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? I am doing pretty good. Now, let's uh, start off with when did you decide to win? Oh, goodness. Um, I, I would love to say, like, all my life, but um, that's not necessarily true. Um, but probably when I was younger, um, not super-duper young, but probably right around middle school, I just, you know, became really always competitive with myself like I always just wanted to make sure that I was doing the best that I could do when it came to like my grades or any sports I was in so that kind of just kicked in out of nowhere because it was right around um about 12 or 13 years old okay with you you know just kind of having this self-drive or self-motivation uh was there anyone else in particular or any resources that kind of helped you in this decision are in this mindset? Um, yeah, mostly my mom. Um, and I, I think it's just because just she led by example. My mom, um, when we were younger, she initially, she originally was a teacher at some point in her life. And then she was a dental hygienist. And she's like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. So while she was working full time and had me and my younger siblings, she went back to school, to nursing school. Um, and became a nurse and now works full-time as a nurse. So just seeing her have that drive to be successful in her career um, as well as when she wanted to change it, juggle everything, Mm -hmm. that was really inspiring to me to to know that I could do pretty much the same thing when it came to my life. I think that's so important and for especially women of color to see and even if it's not necessarily within the home, but some type of role model that inspires us to be, mm-hmm. you know, be better versions of ourselves. I agree. Yeah, I agree. And it's not even like she had to say, hey, you know, Tanya, you, I mean, of course she was my mom, so she would encourage me, but she didn't really have to say anything, right? It was just the fact that she was just doing it and winning mm-hmm. that I just was like, yeah, I'm going to do the same thing. 
Um, and even though I didn't take the route that she took, I still was able to apply it to my life to make sure that I was always doing the best that I could when it applied to my life. Right. So now tell us about this jump, uh, this shift in your career. Um, yeah, so I was um, an assistant public defender. I was a criminal defense attorney for almost 10 years. And around after practicing for seven years, I just got a point in my career where I wanted to do something outside of just words that I was passionate about. Um, and so I started a food blog because I like to cook. Um, that was something that I was kind of learning at that time, but also was very obsessed with learning new recipes and telling other people about it. So I started a food blog. Um, and then during that time, I kind of got really excited about the growth of the blog as a business. So I kind of had it as my side hustle for um, about three years. And, you know, after that, it got to a point where I was able to leave my job as a criminal defense attorney to focus fully on the blog because it was basically my new way of making a living. It started earning more than I was at my job. So it kind of just made sense to do that full time. Now, I don't know if that necessarily, you know, struck a nerve in someone, but Tanya just said she left her job as a public defender, an assistant public defender, a working attorney, doing, you know, everything that she went to school for, and is not in a place where she is struggling, but she is continuing to thrive. So at any point in your life, it's never too late to change. It's never too late to decide that you want to win. And it doesn't have to be a thing of, oh, I feel like I'm in this particular position. It's a status thing. I should stay here even if I'm unhappy. That's not, you know, that's not what we're doing. We are consistently trying to be better versions of ourselves. And we're trying to do, we're not we're trying, we're living out our purpose. And it's okay to leave whatever it is that is not allowing you to live in your purpose, to live in your truth. Because you will only, things will only get better from there. So don't hold on to things that aren't in your purpose, that aren't in your vision. You got to keep moving. So thank you for sharing that, Tanya, because I know a, a lot of times people get stuck in, oh, don't leave that good job. You got this and you got that and, you know, you have kids. Don't leave that good job with insurance and benefits and this and that. And people get sucked into it. Oh, my gosh. So you you are just hitting the nail right on the head because, of course, I went through the same exact thing. Um you know, I had been in my career for nine years at the time when I had decided to leave, and I was in a good position. It was a flexible career. I did not hate my job. Like, I know a lot of times when people take that entrepreneurial leap, it's because they hated their position or they hated the situation they were in. I was in a good situation. I, financially, I was fine. I had good benefits at the job. But um, as you said, there was something and there was a new passion growing inside of me and that was this blog. I, it was growing. I was reaching a larger audience. 
I was enjoying, you know, the whole aspects of it. I was enjoying my food photography that I was doing, the videos and the recipes I was creating, and my passion just started to shift. And um, even around that time, I just felt like I was getting all these signs from, you know, from God just basically saying, this may be your new thing. And it would be just little things like whether it was like a popular magazine reaching out to feature my recipe or just some kind of sign that was like, you got to get out of your comfort zone. So I agree. I got a lot of that when I decided to leave. Like, oh, you went through all those years of law school. You're just throwing that down the drain. And it's like, oh, no, that was part of my journey. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't regret, you know, going to law school. I learned a lot. I learned a lot from being a public defender and how that applies to my new career. So there's nothing that I regret from what I've done already. So it wasn't in vain. But... Um, and I wasn't in a situation where I had to leave because it was a bad situation, but I just had a new passion. And for me, I also, I was getting to the point where I was comfortable in my position and I had to do some self-reflection and I, I had to ask myself, well, where do I want to be in the next 10 years? And for me, it was doing something, you know, big. And so I had to just take a chance on myself and take that jump. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I like the fact that you said you had to take a chance on yourself and jump because so many times we, I even look at myself, like you said, you get comfortable, you know, you're going through the everyday motions and, and everything is fine. But when you sit back and you self-reflect, it's like, man, I have so much more to give. I have so much more I could be doing, but I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. And yep. whew. I think that's that's a good point. You can't you can't get comfortable because there's almost it's always more to do. You know, whether it's in your professional or your personal life, it's always more that you could be doing. Mm-hmm. And one thing is it's definitely one of those things where cuz if you asked me 5 years ago what I'd be doing this, this was not even on my radar. Mm-hmm. But I do agree that you do have to like do a couple of things to kind of figure out what it is that you want. So for me, you know, I, I, people think I've been cooking my entire life. It's mm-hmm. like, no, I just became, I, you know, bought a cookbook. I started learning, you know, the, the ins and outs of cooking and um, combining flavors. And I just became obsessed with it. And so that was like, oh, wow, this is something that I really like. Um, and for a while, I used to like beat myself up because since I hadn't been doing this all my life, I did suffer a little bit with imposter syndrome like mm-hmm. who am I to tell people how to cook when I haven't done this my entire life but the fact is, is that I've got you know thousands of people trying my recipes and they love it because even though I started later than someone else may have started the fact is is that I just became obsessed with becoming a good cook even though I started later than you know even though I started later than, um, than my early part of life and just like you said, it doesn't matter when you start. You know what I mean? Like, if I started cooking in my 30s, it doesn't mean that I can't now decide to make a full-time business off of it. We just got to do do more and take take chances on ourselves. Because deep down, we know our abilities. And, you know, it's a thing of I don't know why we doubt ourselves. Because I do it myself. You know, even with this podcast... You know, me and you talked about it a while. 
but you know every everything it, it fell in line and you know here we are today and we're raving about your food blog my forking life and all of its success like you said you just gotta take a chance and and you know it's not like the now don't get me wrong i'm not saying like quit your job before you <laughs> you yeah. know i wouldn't have just quit my job to do the food blog if it wasn't bringing in the income but i was very intentional when i decided that i wanted to i guess start winning with this applause I was very intentional that while I did have my full-time position, um, you know, on my weekends and on my evenings, I made sure that I put in work to build it. Um, and I, I did believe in it back then. And then the decision when it came to leave my job to focus on it full-time was when I did start to see the potential. And I said, you know what, if I'm going to make it, take it to the next level, I definitely have to give it my full-time attention, which is why... Um, I eventually decided to leave my job. Yeah. I tell you, I saw a quote that said, be so good they can't ignore you. And mm -hmm. I feel like you've truly done that in, you know, this new industry that you, you're in. Yeah. I I always, um, whenever I'm blogging, I always tell people that I'm blogging in my little corner of the internet. <laughs> and the reason why I say that is because, um, it was funny because even when I initially told people I was leaving my job, they were very confused because they would say, but your social media numbers are so small. Like, how are you making any money mm -hmm. when you don't have, like, a huge social media following? But people didn't realize that I was getting, you know, hundreds of thousands of page views all from, like, different a different avenue. It wasn't what people could see. Mm -hmm. It was, like, Google was seeing me. So people that were searching for recipes were discovering me. Right. Um, and that's why I tell people, you know, you don't have to have you, – you, if you're pulling out, putting out quality content, you're right. Like, people will discover you if it's really good. And when they discover you, if they try a recipe and they're like, oh, my gosh, this is mom, they're going to tell their neighbor about it. They're mm -hmm. going to tell their friend about it. Like, I've gone to the grocery store – and people have basically said, oh, my gosh, I've, you know, discovered your blog. So it, you just got to put out, you got to put in the words. So the number one thing, like you said, is if you're putting out good content, uh, they'll find you. <laughs> There's so many different ways to get found. Good, good. So now tell us about a favorite mistake or life lesson. Hmm. As it relates to the blog or just in general? In, in general. It could be personal or professional. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, I don't necessarily say this is a mistake or a life lesson, but uh, or maybe it's a life lesson. But one of the biggest successes that I've had, just with especially with my business, was I took a break from it. So I was I had started the blog on the side, and I was just doing it as a hobby, but it was kind of getting a little bit overwhelming for me. Um, I didn't know how to really make it bigger than it was at that time. And I had just gotten pregnant with my youngest child. So I kind of just took a break from the blog. I just let it sit there and I didn't touch it. And while I was taking this break it was for about eight months, um, I started to end up getting a lot of traffic. And it was from stuff that I had did prior to my break. Like people were trying recipes and they were sharing it and they were interacting. And 
what I did, instead of just like saying, okay, I'm going to go back to the blog and just keep doing what I was doing, I decided to sit down and take some time to reflect how I really wanted to grow this blog, as well as what strategy I should take moving forward. And so I analyzed the recipes that people were liking. I took time to kind of like see what like, like if my photography for a recipe, I saw which ones took off and which ones didn't. And I just took time to really self-reflect. So then when I decided to come back, every recipe that I posted went like really well, you know, with the audience because I had taken time away to just really reflect and figure out what people wanted. So that to me is the biggest, the best business move. Like if you feel like you're in a rut or you feel like you're not progressing forward, sometimes it's good to just take a step back. Just take a break from it. Take a, take, you know, take a time to like let your mind unwind. And then when you have time to go back to it, you know, create a strategy by looking at what's worked for you in the past and kind of just continuing to do that to help build your business up. Wow. I think that's that's good. In addition to like, you know, you saying it gave you time to analyze and, you know, create a strategy, but it also it it, it helps you from getting burnt out. Yep. Yeah, because I think I did get burned. I think that's why I had to take a break. And it's, you know, it's, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. In you doing this and, you know, you have children, what what would you like to share with them? Either your children or, you know, eventually your grandchildren. Something you would just like to instill in them about life. Um, I, I do this now. And it's one of those things because for generations, um, I was basically brought up where, like, you got to go to school, get an education, get a job, you know, do well, whatever. And I think I still feel that to my kids. Like, school is very important. Don't get it twisted. You better come home with some good grades. Mm-hmm. But I also want my kids to mean, I guess, I didn't really come from a family of entrepreneurs. But the fact that I'm taking this route is something that is very exciting. And I've been basically trying to instill that into my children as well. So even um, my oldest, she, I asked her, I was like, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And she's like, I want to be an actress. And it was funny because she said that in front of um, my mom, who was like, no, 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 you got to pick a different career, and then you can do the actress thing later. And I was like, no, no, no. I was like, if she wants to be an actress, she can be an actress. That could be her goal. Mm -hmm. Um, Because... I think we just have to really, you know, support our kids, you know, visions and do what we can to help them with that. So, like, my child, she's going to go to art school, you know, so that she can try to build her craft um, and things such as that. So I just wanted to instill in my kids that they can follow their dreams. It doesn't have to be a traditional what everyone says it has to be. Um, And if it's to be an artist or whatever, then the next thing is, okay, well, you got to figure out how you're going to monetize that. Like, <laughs> that's that's yeah. another thing that I teach my kids, too, is like, all right, if that's going to be your goal, figure out how you can support yourself <laughs> doing that as well. Yeah. My oldest, <clears throat> his thing is he wants to um, create a video game. Oh, wow. And I told him, so that's his thing. I have to play video games because I want to create a game. I said, <laughs> well, you know, that's that's fine. I said, but what you have to also realize is that you can have the best game, but if no one knows about your game, 
you still aren't making any money. Right. I said, so in business, it's not just creating. You got to learn about marketing. You got to learn about all the different aspects of business to be in business. Mm-hmm. So that's something I'm trying to get in his head right now. Because all he sees uh, is, is playing Fortnite and, and whatever other game he's trying to play. Yeah, and, and that is one thing, too, where even for me and my business, like I think a lot of people probably think I'm just at home cooking and taking pictures of it and like that's it that's all i have to do no like that marketing mm-hmm. is definitely important and i had to study the um like i had to learn what's called search engine optimization mm-hmm. so i had to learn how when i create a recipe how to make it rank high in google so if someone searches for a corn on the cob recipe to make sure that my <laughs> recipe pops up where they can find it right um and so that's that's so the good thing is, and I guess the benefit is I, I actually enjoy learning about that as well. So I enjoy that part of it um, because overall my goal is to help people with these, with my blog, with my posts. So a part of that means I have to make sure that they can find me <laughs> in my right. little corner of the internet. So I enjoy learning the ways to do that. So yeah, I agree. You definitely got to let them know, like, oh, you want to play video games, that's cool, but you better be excited about making sure people can find your video games. Right. I know um, you talked about what you're trying to instill in your children. What's something that you uh, would tell your younger self to just kind of either help you or either prepare you for life or your business or just one little nugget you wish you could give your younger self or could have given your younger self? Hmm. I think uh, the thing that, that I kind of always knew when I was younger, too, like, because, of course, in life, you're always going to have your ups and downs. Mm-hmm. But I guess the one thing is, like, any time that I was feeling down or feeling that I wasn't worth it, like, I wish I could just tell tell my younger self, like, oh, no, you're you're amazing. Like, just, just wait. Like, just wait to see what you're going to do. Because sometimes when you're in the moment, um, like, let's say if I was younger and I got, like, a bad grade on a, on a test or something, I might, you know, boo-boo cry like it's the end of the world. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I wish I could go back and be like, oh, this too shall pass. It will be fine. And as an adult, I realize that um, more than I did when I was younger because, obviously, I've been through some things in my life. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, sometimes I just wish that I did it more to myself when I was younger so I wouldn't have those times where I was feeling so down and out about a situation that may have been temporary. Right. And, and that being said, you know, do you have like a favorite quote or kind of verse or something that you live by? So you're not limited to just one. Let me say it that way. Yeah, I'm, I just really don't have like quotes that I've written down, but like, like I said, this too shall pass mm-hmm. is a huge motto um that i live by or i'll say like you have one life to live you know like do everything that you can and what i what the, this too shall pass i'll kind of touch on that is um i really do do that because i go by that because like i said not every day is roses in my world right like i don't wake up every day like oh everything's good everything like stuff mm-hmm. bad stuff happens um and one of the biggest things that happened to me, one of the reasons why I even took a blog break was because my husband and I were having difficulty conceiving our second child. 
And I remember during that um, time, we were kind of worried. We were like, you know, this isn't going to happen. This is not going to happen for us. We were sad. We were like, what? You know, we were just stressing about it. And I had to like really just get in myself and say, you know what? This too shall pass. Like mm-hmm. at some point, either we're going to have a baby or not, but we're going to be able to get past this this hard point. Um, and we were blessed enough to have the baby that we wanted. But I just remember just like being in that point because that was very low for us. But I had to really stay positive and say, you know, four years from now, I'm not going to feel this way because I'm going to be in a different position. Um, So I do live by that. So anytime I'm going through something bad, it's just like, I think about four years ahead of the time. Like, all right, four years from now, I'm not going to feel this way. And the whole other mantra I live by, which is like, you only have one life to live is true. I do only have one life to live and I do want to do a lot of stuff. So for me, I try to knock off everything I can on my resume that I want to do. So yeah, I've been an attorney. Now I'm a full-time blogger. Um, I've been in a movie. I'm an actress. Yeah, so like for me, I just try to do everything I can do and just try to live, well, I guess another quote, try to live my best life. Yeah. (laughs) And this is the kind of the motto that I I follow. So those are, I guess those are kind of quotes. (laughs) Yes. And mantras to live by. So all good ones, all good ones. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Let's jump back into it. What was the last, you know, good book that you read um, that really kind of made an impact in your life? I knew you were going to ask me that, and I had the answer. Yes. I I totally forgot. Um, And here's the thing. I'm the worst. I will start a book, and I'll be like, this is the best book ever, and then I won't finish it. But one book that I did start, Ah, it was Lisa Nicole's book. You probably know the name of it. Abundance Now. Yep, that one. Mm -hmm. So, um, I remember I started reading that book because I was actually at a conference and um, one of the women that attended there had told me about it. So, I had downloaded it on my phone and um, on my way back from that conference that was in D.C., I started reading that book and... I didn't even finish it, I, and I'm 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 gonna have to go back and finish it. But one of the things about that book, it was just like her story, and just like the positive vibes, and just the way she handled the things that she handled. That was just like, it was very inspiring for me. So that was one of the books that I need to go back and finish. But I already like recommend it for other people to read it, <laughs> and I have I'm just like, yo, you need to read this book. It'll fix your life. She's amazing. Um, so that, but I'm not, I'm not a huge reader. I'm more of a podcast listener um, type person. I just listen to a ton of different podcasts and listen to different episodes. And that's usually where I get, um, you know, my, I would say entertainment, but they actually all, my inspiration and things such as that um, from different podcasts. Yeah, well, you know, we love podcasts as well. Of course we do. Yes. <laughs> There's so many no, good ones. Will- I think podcasts were helpful in my business growth as well. Like, you know, like this is a great podcast because just listening to other people that are doing um, positive things mm-hmm. this also helps inspire me to do positive things as well. Like, oh, you know what? That person's doing it. I can do it too. It's just, it's, so I love, I always recommend people to just, you know, listen to them while you're driving because listening to good podcasts of people that are just doing their thing is just always super inspiring yes yes and we're glad to have you on 
so glad. I'm glad to be on. Yes. So now I've been working on having more actionable items for all the winners out there. Because um, I, I realized in the podcast, it was a lot of, of motivation and inspiration, but it wasn't a lot of how-to. Mm-hmm. And I would like for you to share, you know, a few things on how or what you would suggest in people that have a passion and realize that, you know, there's more out there for them. What are, you know, some steps that you would suggest they take? before they take that leap? Um, so for me in particular, once I decided, and it was, I'm random, so like legit, it was just like one day I was just chilling and I had said it out loud. I was like, you know what? In a year, <laughs> I'm going to quit my job and do this full time. And um, I said it and then I wrote it in a Facebook post to some friends and they were like, oh, okay, girl, do you? Mm-hmm, uh-huh, whatever. <laughs> And I even for a while, I was like, am I being serious? And I said, and I said, you know what? Yeah, I am. So my biggest thing is always say it out loud and write it down, write it down. And when you write it down, um, you know, at some point you got to kind of make a plan, right? Like you got to make a strategy. Um, So if your passion is um, in a year, I'm going to open whatever business and you've got your full time job. You just need to make sure that you've made a plan on um, what you can do to do to to get to that goal, and just the steps that you can take to do it. And then, because I another quote that I do live by, I just thought about it is it basically says a goal without a plan is just a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of how I think as well. So if I set these goals, but I don't make a plan on how I'm going to reach it, like it's literally I'm just dreaming. It's not going to happen. So I'm always very actionable whenever I set a goal, and I think that's what you should do if you have a passion that you're trying to do, especially if you're trying to turn it into a business. Um, another thing I tell people that I think has helped me is I didn't focus on everything. Um, I was very strategic where when I was trying to run the school blog, a lot of people would focus on, well, you need to have a big social media following and all that stuff. I didn't care about that, and I didn't even focus on that. For me, I focused on two things that I knew would yield the biggest return on investment for me, which um, one for me was like having good rankings in Google. So I focused really on making sure that when I wrote a post, Google ranked me well. And then for food bloggers, another big thing for them is like Pinterest, like making sure that I did really well with my Pinterest marketing. Um, And everything else I just ignored, even though everyone else, in the world or had that had these businesses said you had to do everything with your business i just mm-hmm. ignored that information and i did what was best for me um and it, it worked <laughs> it actually helped um and so by the time that a year it actually was before a year i had enough income and i had enough stable income to where i was like oh okay well i can actually leave my job now um and focus on it full time the things that you listed they are applicable in any field Mm-hmm. You just gotta, you just gotta do the work. One look, one of my new um, quotes uh, that I came up with, hashtag me, <laughs> um, is I'm a work in progress, so I have to work to progress. Mm-hmm. And without me doing the work, I'm not gonna make any movement. So once I say it out loud, you know, 
that's making it real. Once I write it down and put a date with it, that's making it more real. Once I make out a plan and do these action items, I'm, I'm working towards it. And, mm -hmm. you know, you said don't focus on everything. And so many times you feel like as an entrepreneur, you're trying to do it by yourself. So you have to do everything. You have to learn everything. And that's not always the best practice. Mm -hmm. But society has you thinking, or, you know, in this bubble of, nope, you got to do everything. Your social media, you got to have 100, 100K followers. You got to have this. You got to have that. And though you may have those things, but they may not be able, you might not be able to monetize anything from social media or what you exactly. expect to. Exactly. And I, that, that was, I thankfully I learned that early. And so that's why I said, you know what? Um, and, it's, and this was after my break, right? Like, so I was trying to do everything uh, before my break and probably suffered from some burnout, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And when I came back, that's when I was like, okay, I'm one person. I work a full-time job. I got an older child and a newborn and a husband. Ain't nobody got time to dedicate 50 hours mm -hmm. to a side hustle. I said that to myself. So I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to dedicate. I made my plan. It was like 10 to 15 hours a week I'll dedicate. I'll, you know, work on the weekend. Um, that's what I'll do. And I'm only going to focus on what brings the biggest return on investment in my industry. And so, yeah, it'd be cute if I had 100,000 Instagram followers. Mm -hmm. But for me, Instagram followers weren't going to build money for my business at that mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. So I just decided not to say I didn't, like I wouldn't focus on it. I think that's the important thing to focus on for me later on. Mm -hmm. But the biggest return and quickest return on investment was for me to focus on, one, creating quality content, but two, for me to get discovered in Google. And now let's talk about content because content is king. And as creatives, you know, we have to, I guess, get out of our own way and get out of our bubble. Mm -hmm. So I'd like for you to talk a little bit about that because you're constantly and consistently putting out great recipes. The thing that I do when I'm deciding like what recipe to post because me and my husband will he'll be like, you should post this. And I'm like, nope, I'm not posting it. It could be <laughs> something that absolutely tastes amazing, whatever. And he'll be like, yeah, you need to put this on the blog. I'm like, I'm not putting it on the blog. Um, and the reason being is that, again, it's that reflection and figuring out what people want. So for me, in my blog, I have like an umbrella of recipes. Like anything that's quick and easy is going to go on a blog, right? It mm -hmm. has to be really good. So I have to like test the recipe and I have to really like, like if it's one of those recipes where I eat it and I'm like, man, this is so good. Like people didn't know about it. Mm -hmm. It goes on the blog. And then the way I structure my post and the way I structure my blog is more of like a, a teacher thing. So whenever someone lands on my blog, I want them to be excited about the food that they're, you know, about to create or that I'm telling them about. Um, I have to be excited about it. So I kind of like, I basically um, express that in the way that I describe the food. So like, uh, I'll do an example. One is I did a whole chicken, Peruvian chicken in my air fryer. Mm -hmm. And I was so excited about that recipe because I love Peruvian chicken. It was a restaurant I had went to and had it. And I went home and made it like four different times. And when I got it to the time that I, the perfect perfection, it was like, okay, I've got to tell people about this and why, you know, making it in the air fryer is so cool and why 
it comes out, you know, skin comes out so crispy. And then I'm also making sure that I do like step-by-step photos because I want people to feel like they're in the kitchen with me cooking it. So like, mm-hmm. I really try to make sure that those are really good as well. Um, and then of course I give them the recipe, but the, the best feedback that I've gotten is that I've got really clear instructions on how to get the perfect results. And so that's usually what my focus is on. So I think no matter what kind of content you're creating, the first thing you should figure out is why you're creating it. Um, your, your why, like why are you even writing this post? And two, why would anybody want to make this recipe or read this content? Um, you know, you got to give them a reason to want to read it. And then within the, as far as giving them quality content, like I have to make sure that my pictures are really nice and that my directions are really clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and for my website, that my website is very, you know, clean and concise and um, not too distracting. And so all that comes together, but generally that's what I always have to think about every single time I decide to post a new piece of content. Mm-hmm. And I think overall, you know, you're doing a, a great job of creating an experience for people when, you know, they follow your recipes, when they follow your blog, when they follow your social media. It's not just about, okay, I'm following her steps and this is, it came out well, but it's a, a complete experience. Right. You're right. And, and that's, and that goes back to like, if it's something where it's like, okay, this is all right, I can't get <laughs> you excited. It can't be, there's not going to be any experience because I'm not excited about it and I wouldn't expect you to be excited about it. So it does, that's a, I guess the most time-consuming part is really creating something. It's the experience starts in the kitchen for me. So I really got to get in the kitchen, test the recipe, um, and then have that experience and then transport that to the Internet so that you can have that same experience. And I want you to get excited as, you know, me and my family got excited when we <laughs> made yes. it and ate it. I know all Tanya's recipes have, you know, kind of push me into getting an air fryer so that's what I'll be doing in the near future mm-hmm. I have to find one she told me I need a 5.8 quart one that's the that's big a, one let me tell you yeah that's a big one and I say the reason why I say that because I I have like five air fryers and I start and you know you can always get a smaller one but generally what ends up happening especially if you're cooking for kids you're going to want the larger one mm-hmm. you can just put so much more in it like and it's so, let me tell you, I did meatballs last night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were sitting here hungry. I was like, what am I going to do? I had some frozen meatballs, put them things straight in the air fryer. We all had dinner. And so I always yes. recommend a larger one because you do end up using it a lot, especially if you're busy. Um, it cooked, like, those meatballs were done in 15 minutes oh, uh, from frozen, and they were amazing. So, um, yeah, I'm glad to get one. <laughs> Look, I just bought meatballs, so I'm going to wait. Until I get my air fryer and put them in the air fryer. Okay. Meatballs in the air fryer. Everything mm-hmm. in the air fryer. Like, <laughs> I put bacon in the air fryer. Look, I put almost everything. I made granola in the air fryer the other day. I was like, I want some granola. I'm putting it in my air fryer. It's really? Just, yeah. It's. I mean, and I think it's because, like, the air fryer is, like, an amped up oven, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, what's where it's different than the actual oven is, like, when you want your fried food and you want that crisp, you can't get that same crisp in the oven. You right. just can't. Um, and, but anything you can put in the oven, you can literally put in the air fryer and you can just adjust the heat if you need to pretty much. Um, 
But the other benefit too is that not having to preheat it for very long. Mm-hmm. So even when I when you're thinking about like when you're making something in the oven, you have to wait like ten minutes for your oven to get the right temp. Right. Um, air fryer, you don't have to do that, and it it always cooks faster than your oven will anyway. So. Yeah. I'm super excited about it. My um my aunt got an Instapot, and she's she's been going on and on about it. So I may have to go ahead and do that too. Now, there is one um, brand that has both. It's a, well, the Ninja Foodie. It's like a combo. Okay. So, there's, there's that one. Or if you do the Instapot, we chose to, like, do the Instapot and you didn't want to buy a whole air fryer. They have, uh, there's a, a company called Milty. They made a Milty Crisplet that basically can turn your Instapot into an air fryer. Ooh. It's, yeah, there's there's so many different, and I, I have all those. I just play around with all these different <laughs> gadgets. Of course, I have every, I have to get my hands on everything. Um, but yeah, I once you get an Instapot air fryer, I swear you, you're not going to use your traditional stove and oven as much. I still do sometimes, but mm-hmm. it's because it's a game changer when it comes to really just creating really quick recipes. Yeah, which is great for you know moms on the go, dads on the go, you know people with children, our people. You know, they don't want to be waiting an hour for chicken to cook. Right. Yes. And it's, it's, it's mostly an idea of, like, a hands-off type thing. Like, I put it in, like, with the Instapot. Um, like, a lot of times, with, even with the Instapot, sometimes some recipes, like, if I make rice, I can take the same amount of time that I make rice in the Instapot and make it on the stove. However, the difference is I don't have to watch it in the Instapot. Like, mm-hmm. I legit will put my rice, my water, my salt, cover it walk away and do random stuff and want to hear my beeping <laughs> so when I see my timer go off it's done so it's it's one of those new ways where and I really um, hung on it when my youngest like she'd be in the dining room like mommy help me my work I would just throw stuff in the Instant Pot and be able to just really just give her my full attention without paying attention to the stove right. and to me that was just like the game changer and why I rely on those cooking um devices so much when it comes to like getting food on our table so quickly well thank you so so much you have been an inspiration in my personal life you have you know helped me tremendously in in taking leaps um you know with this podcast and and other things so i really appreciate you as a person and i love what you're doing with your food blog Oh, thank you. I appreciate you for having me on. This has been fun. Yes. <laughs> so now tell everyone where they can find you. Oh, okay. Well, I am on my corner of the internet at mm-hmm. myforkinglife.com. I'm going to spell it so people don't think I'm cursing. <laughs> M-Y-F-O-R-K-I-N-G-L-I-F-E.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram at myforkinglife.com. I'm on Facebook at myforkinglife.com. I'm on Pinterest at myforkinglife.com. I'm on Twitter, but honestly, I don't be tweeting that much. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, on the social media handles, I should have them all. And yeah, that's where I can be found. Well, great. And I'll make sure I put all that in the show notes as well so people will be able to access it very easily. Awesome. Yes. Well, thank you again. And until next time, bye. This week's 
um, you know, musical and book recommendation will be Jay Moss's Victory. It's very, very catchy. Um, you know, I'm not going to get into details of the lyrics because I want to talk about the book. It's on the rhythm of Sesame Street, but it's very upbeat and, you know, it'll just put you in a good mood, give you a good little vibe. And the book for this week is a book that I got for my my boys and I didn't realize that my oldest son had already read it, but the name of the book is I Am Alfonso Jones by Tony Medina. Um, it's illustrated by Stacy Robinson and John Jen- Jennings, excuse me, and it's about a, you know, a little, not a little boy, but a, um, a teenage young black male that is wanting to do Hamlet in his school's rendition of the Shakespeare play. I don't want to tell the story, but in in the book, it shares some of the people that lost through police brutality and just the struggle of, you know, so many people. I just, I really encourage, um, you know, parents of, of children to look into it because it's certainly something that is real. It's prevalent. Um, not only this, but mass shootings. Like, it's so many things in the world that we need to just continue to be on the lookout for so we can protect ourselves and our families. And our legacy, you know, ultimately, that's what it's all about. So I hope you can check into the, you know, just let me know what you think. If you enjoyed today's episode, Please leave a comment or a review in Apple Podcasts and feel free to share this podcast with others and subscribe to stay tuned in. Thank you for listening and remember, stop what you're doing and start winning. Peace.